You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. I'm so excited to be here today, especially these first two rows. I mean, the rest of you are cool, too. Let's pray so the band can have a seat. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Thank you. Father God, thank you for this beautiful, wonderful day. The sun came out and blinded us with the snow, but it's all good because your light is brighter. Thank you, Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would guide this conversation today, that you would speak, that we would hear, and we would obey. We love you, Lord, and thank you so much for everything you're doing in this community, in our lives, and as the church. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. morning. My name is Brian Warwick. I'm one of the elders here at Elevation Church. And you know me. That's right. See, this is where I live. This is the engaging section of today's message, which is going to be awesome. You'll be here for a short time, but we're talking about something important. That God's church and what is our role as part of the church. When you think about church, what do you think of, kids? When you think about church, what do you think about? Worship. What else do you think about when you think about church? Someone says, I go to church. What does that mean to you? What's that? We go there to learn about God. What else? Yeah, God's house, the place to go. Where else? What else do you think of us? More about God and about the new one. Yeah. Now, if someone asked you or told you, what does it mean to be the church? Not just go to church. What if someone says, you are the church? We're part of Jesus. You're right. So today we're talking about being part of the church in a very powerful and sometimes emotion generating in my own heart ministry, and that's children's ministry. When you think about children's ministry, what do you think about? Let's go to that first slide. What do you think about children's ministry? Sometimes people say, it's like babysitting. I got to want a bunch of kids be crazy and run around. Are you guys crazy sometimes? It's true. Sometimes they say it's like Sunday school. You go to a classroom and you learn about who? Who do you learn about? Jesus, God, his scripture, how to behave, how to be a follower of Christ. Sometimes as parents we think it's a break from our own kids, from our own children. And that's not wrong, especially growing up in a home that had one parent for most of the time, single parent. You do need to recharge. What a blessing it is to have a children's ministry where you know the kids are safe. Do you think that it's fun? Do you think children's ministry is fun? Does Miss Amanda make it fun back there? Yeah. Yeah. I see a bunch of snacks. That's pretty awesome. Right? We don't even do that out here. Do you think that it's difficult? Sometimes. The truth is that all of these things are true. All this is real. All aspects of what I have listed and many more do make up children's ministry. But children's ministry is two words. The first word, children. Second word, 
ministry. The first word, children. Here's an interesting fact that I didn't know until I started praying and researching this for this message. In the Old Testament, the word child or children in the context of you as well as those who belong to the family of God is used around 30 times. If you're familiar with how big the Old Testament is, it's not small. Only 30 times. Jesus himself in the Gospels referenced children or the word for children dozens of times. You think Jesus cares about children? A lot. In fact, he looks at us as his children. Even more important, right? And there are six different words in the Greek language, like paidon is one, for example, young person or child, and Jesus used all those. The second word, ministry. What do you think ministry means? What is a ministry? What do you think? Okay, to kind of teach somebody something. It's true, part of it, yeah. What else? What it means is to serve. That's the definition of ministry, is to serve. So to serve children, that is what children's ministry is. In fact, recognizing Christ's heart towards children is very powerful. And I'm going to do something fun with all of you today in the next few minutes before you go back to your class. You ready? I want you all to stand up. The first two rows. You guys can all sit down. It's fine. Stand up here with me. Come up on you. Just this little spot right here. You don't need to bring anything. Just stand up there. Oh, thanks. Got a picture this morning already. All right, stand up there. Perfect. Am I sounding weird or am I okay? All right, I'm good. I mean, I sound weird a lot. Oh, something weird is there. I'll stand right here. I'm afraid to get shocked or something. All right. There's one part of Scripture. All these people were listening to Jesus. All of these adults, these big people, were all crowded around Jesus. And Jesus was teaching. He was talking about the kingdom of God. He was talking about the truth about the kingdom of God. He was preaching and teaching. And a bunch of these people were trying to get to Jesus. They were trying to break through. Have you ever tried to like stand in a crowd with a bunch of adults? How do you feel when you're standing around a bunch of tall people? Can't see. Can't see. It's, I can't see Jesus. And they started trying to get to Jesus, started breaking their way through, started pushing around and trying to get to Jesus, and they couldn't get there. And what did the disciples say? Did they say, oh, let the kids in. They need to see Jesus. They didn't say that, did they? They said, shh, stop. You're bothering the master. That wasn't very nice. So why was that? Why did the disciples and the other big people, the adults, say, shh, to the children? Why do you think? They were being noisy. Maybe. That's not wrong. Maybe they thought they were being rude because they were trying to push through. But you know what Jesus did? What did Jesus do? Did he say, shh, be quiet, kids, I'm talking? He led them to him. In fact, he was angry at the disciples because they were being mean to you. He said, don't push them away. Let them come here 
So they all got to sit with Jesus, and he prayed over them, and he blessed them, and he laughed with them, and he smiled at them. And then he dropped a whole bunch of truth bombs on all the adults sitting around about how valuable you are. So what I would like for you all to do as we go through the message today, make sure you're all visible here. I'll sit down. You can sit down. What I'd like you to do is look at all their faces. Don't be distracted by weather or football or food. Think about their faces. Because as we talk today, I want you to picture them as we read scripture and picture them as we think about children's ministry. What is the valuable part? It's not just another thing to do on Sunday. It's very valuable. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray and then you guys will go back to your class. So everybody bow your heads, please. Close your eyes. Thank you. Lord God, we thank you so much for your heart for children. We thank you, Jesus, that we are all your children, those who follow you and believe in you, that you love all of us and you're calling all of us to be a part of your church, to serve in wherever we are called to serve. We are not called to sit. We thank you for every one of these little souls Mm, You know more about them than we ever will. We thank you, Lord, for watching over them as they go to class. We thank you for Miss Amanda and all the volunteers, that you would bless them and give them joy and strength as they go through the Bible today and learn more about you and who they are in you. We pray for protection around them and their families, that you bless them and anoint them so that they also know what they are called. Because they are your little disciples. They follow you. We pray that no weapon formed against them shall ever prosper. And that we have a blessed rest of Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Miss Amanda, if you would follow Miss Amanda. Go follow Miss Amanda. Thank you. We'll give them a minute to walk. I'm going to grab my stand. Thank you, Miss Amanda. If everyone can thank Miss Amanda with all the kids. I promised myself all week while I was thinking about this that you're not going to get emotional, Brian. You're just going to talk. You're just going to let God talk. But it's kind of hard when you talk about kids not to think about your heart part, you know. So it's a little tough. Mm, okay. So children's ministry. When I was about nine years old, I went to the kitchen of my home and my mom was there and I said, I believe that God told me that there are a lot of hurting children in the world and and he wants me to help them. I was nine, so it was kind of like, did I really hear that? Was I just caring about? But reality was at about age 23, I went to the church I was a part of and I said, I just want to serve somewhere. They didn't stick me in children's ministry. I had really long hair. And it looked like I just got out of a metal concert, which I probably did. And they said, can you water trees? I was like, yes, I can water trees. So I water trees every Saturday. And then after a while of just finding opportunity to learn about Scripture and grow closer, that thing was reminded to me by my mother at the time. So I got involved in children's ministry. 
It's been over 25 years. And I can tell you that it is the most valuable ministry in my heart because it does so much more than just tell you about what God's doing and teach you about God's heart. It also brings you closer to his heart. Now, I know not everyone's wired to do children's ministry. I get that. I can tell you this, though. There's like no other ministry out there. It really is. I mean, there are times you're like, man, they all figured it out, and God spoke to them. It was powerful. And other times, like, I don't think they even got anything I said that day. I, have, I don't know if they even heard anything. It was crazy. Everybody was loud. Probably too much sugar. Who knows? But what really matters about children's ministry is what does Jesus think? What does Jesus say about children? In fact, if we look at this, we're going to go right into Scripture. And I swear, it was so funny. I thought, oh, there's all these great verses about God talking about children and children's ministry. And it really boils down to like one section of Matthew 18 and one section of Matthew 10, and that's it. Because in all of this, I mean, this could be a series for that matter. But let's read this together in Matthew 18, if you have your Bibles. And those of you that are online, thank you so much for joining Matthew 18, 1 through 4. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked probably the most audacious question to ask Jesus. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Of all the things I would want to ask Jesus, that's not one of them. I would feel like it was being rude. Maybe that's just me. But what, a, what an interesting question to ask. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And so Jesus calls over to him a child puts the child right in the middle of all these adults and disciples. And he says, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So what Jesus is saying, in order for me to be saved, something in me has to change to be like a child. My heart, my Soul, everything in my mind has to be able to receive God's truth without any cynicism, without any callousness, or without any doubt. It's a very powerful statement. Again, Jesus is the master of dialogue. As someone who loves to do public speaking and things like that, I love the way Jesus speaks because he doesn't just speak like X is the fact and Y is the reason. It's like, let me paint you a picture. You cannot get to heaven unless your heart turns like to be like a child. So imagine all those children back there in their hearts. All those faces we saw. And then he continues. And he says, oh, go back there, please. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Think of it. So salvation is dependent on me becoming like a child in my faith and fully surrender to God. And if I want to be great, I have to first be humble. He's using children as this reference, not only because he loves kids, but because there's something important about the heart of a child. The way Jesus looks at children, the way God values children, he values their hearts to hear truth and receive it, and he values their humility because they recognize how small they are. If we don't recognize in us how frail we are, how, how we should be humble before God, 
It's very difficult for us to receive truth because we don't think we need it. But they hear it, and they recognize it, and they value it. What a powerful statement for Jesus to make about both salvation and being great, all while referencing this one. I'm sure that child felt pretty awkward. I mean, if you know the culture of the day, in the Judaic culture, um, the Jews really didn't value children. In fact, it wasn't just them. In fact, most of culture was like children are valuable, but they really don't contribute a lot to society. So, you know, that kind of thing. Sticks them right in the middle of all these people and says, unless you're like this, your heart's like this, you can't get to heaven. And you better be humble if you want to be great. All right, now we go to the next one. Thank you. Now, this is the one that, um, when I was reading through this, it's, it's very intense. Jesus has moments in his ministry where you read about and you say, wow, boy, he has got a fireside, a side where that zeal pops out, or he says something that is so intense, you have to reread it a few times to make sure you got it. This is one of those things. Again, thinking about those faces... We read through this. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. We'll stop right there. Miss Amanda, anybody in here who receives a child to minister to them and to show them God's love receives Christ. It's very powerful. Because Jesus is saying and he's explaining to those who are listening that don't discredit them. Don't push them away. Let them come to me. And when you do that, when you show them that love, you receive Christ. And then he says something that's just intense, like I said. Whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to sin, in other gospels it says fall away or to stumble, It would be better for them to have a great millstone fastened around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Jesus just said, if you cause a child to fall away from his truth, it would would be better for you to kill yourself. He went mafia. There's concrete involved. That's amazing. The Son of God, the one who created everything with his mouth, with his words, just spoke some words that resonate, that should resonate in us. Today in our culture, how many things are trying to cause children to fall away from truth? Tons. Identity, sexuality, faith, God. Be what you want to be. You can be whatever you want. I mean, the list can go on, and I don't want to go down the rabbit trail of all the things, but I'm sure you've seen it. I haven't had any kind of, like, cable television in a long time, but whenever I go to a place where it's at, maybe an airport or something like that, and I start seeing the commercials that flood my face, it's amazing, the amount of degeneracy. And I can't imagine what kid shows are like because I don't let my kids watch a lot of those regular shows. But even when you do, you're just astonished by what they say is normal. And it's causing them to fall away from truth. So the people that are causing that, may God have mercy on them. 
But for those of us who know better, for those of us who know truth, how much more then should we be driven to make sure they understand truth? They are loved. So much so that Jesus is saying, you should just die if you cause them to stumble. Wow, no guilt, but that's pretty convicting, right? Especially being a parent, you're like, did I ever do anything? You know what I mean? I don't want to see any millstones showing up on my back door and being like, oh, God's got a message for me, you know? So millstones are really large, very large. And so Jesus emphasizes the, the value here, the value of children and the consequence of sin in some level, because earthly consequences for sin are not the same. All sin separates us from God, okay? But the consequences for sin can vary, you know, if I lie to someone and their trust is broken, the consequence is they may not want to talk to me anymore. They'll never trust me. The consequence for speeding down a road 100 miles an hour when it's snowy outside is kind of high. Breaking the law, my consequences are higher. The consequence for this, extreme. So when we think about that in relation to God's heart, let's take a step and stop for a second and think, okay, We know God loves them. He looks at us as all his children. And they're up here, and you saw them. I mean, they're fun. They're joy. They're having a good time, goofing off, loving the experience. Because in this environment here, that's what we want. We want God to be moving in their life. And when you think about children's ministry, reciprocity exists. There is a cycle. So what is then... Why is serving children so valuable? Go to the next slide, please. In Matthew 10, Jesus breaks down a very interesting section or or dialogue about how the reciprocity in ministry works when you receive someone who is a disciple or a follower of God. And he does it in a way that I love that he uses this term little ones, because little ones doesn't mean child here. But I want you to follow along and listen to what Jesus is saying about the reward that you get because of this, because of your willingness to serve and be a part of something, taking care of disciples or others. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. In the Old Testament, There are stories about individuals who would receive a prophet, and the prophet would come and pray. I mean, one even raised a a woman's son from the dead. It's a pretty awesome reward. But in that case, Jesus is referencing the prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because they're a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. Now remember, those little ones and all the followers of Christ are considered disciples. They're little people. Remember, Jesus said... If you cause one of them to fall away, the consequence of that. You must have a heart like a child to receive truth, and you must be humble. Jesus looks at those little ones as his followers, his little disciples. So then, whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, they'll by no means lose their reward. The reward for serving in any ministry God's called you to, to serving those who are serving you will not lose your reward. And there's a great reward serving those kids back there. I'm not going to try to be sugarcoating the reality. Sometimes it's kind of crazy and it's loud. 
but it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of joy in it. When I started serving in ministry, I didn't think about getting the reward, about even serving the pastor, right, who's a disciple. I just thought, I'm just going to go back there and have a good time, serve some snacks, find a place to do what I can to obey God. But the reward was exponential. Over 25 years in children's ministry, in some capacity, teacher, assistant pastor, elder. But every time I go back there, I just want to be just like them. I just want to have a great time learning about Jesus. Maybe eat some snacks. Have a good time. But I'm not going to lose my reward because I'm taking the moment to obey God, just like you. You take the moment to obey God, to go back there, and even to serve a cup of cold water, serve some snacks, sit at a table with these little ones, and you are supporting both the body of Christ and you're ministering to the child. The only qualification you have to have in children's ministry here is love God and pass a background check. Please do that. That is important. We love them and we protect them. Very much so. It actually brings up something to mind. We had a father-daughter dance not too long ago. And one of the discussions that I had with some of the teams like Eric and the other teams, the teams that uh, take care of you in the facility here behind the scenes, I said, oh, do we need to have a certain level of security? I mean, there's a lot of kids here. And then we thought, wait a minute. There's a bunch of daughters here with their dads. I'm pretty sure security is not going to be too much of a problem. Every dad is on alert always. But when you go back there, when you think about the children's ministry and you just see what's happening, imagine the reward. When you get to heaven, And every child that you touched in their heart, every child you taught, every child that received Jesus, because you were obedient. say thank you just because you were willing to serve some snacks or get some water sit at a table and talk about a bible scripture that reward is eternal so if my daughter who is back there listening will kindly get Miss Amanda she's going to come back and say a few things um, I want to show one more slide. This slide is about answering the call. Actually, there's two more, but we'll, we'll stop for this one for a second. This is about answering the call. I, again, said at the beginning, I know not everyone is called to children's ministry. I get that. It's okay. But you are all called. If you follow Jesus, you're called to something. Jesus is going to use you in a magnificent ways. But if you're called to children's ministry... 
please obey that. If you feel any inclination on your heart, you're being drawn to it, please obey it. They'll be blessed for it. God will bless you for it. I guarantee it. If you're not sure, we can always talk about all the different areas that are needed in ministry, especially with children. It is a, it is a dynamic ministry with different areas of needs. There is a metric called the 2080. Have you ever heard the 2080 metric before when it comes to ministry? 20% of the people do 80% of the work. It's a reality. This is, again, no condemnation, no guilt. This is just facts. This is just the way it is. But in this particular place, in elevation, that is not the case. We're hitting almost 50%. People are serving. That's awesome. That's powerful. If you're called, please obey that call. And think about all those little ones up here. And I'm going to show one more slide, and you're going to see that you didn't see them all. That is the people that are registered at our church. That second bar is ages 4 to 11. Over double any other age group in this church. They're awesome. And I think that if we were to be honest, we'd say, wow, there's a big need there. There's a lot of kids. We have things that we have to follow. We have things and safety rules we have to adhere to because of their safety. So sometimes we need more big people. We need more adults back there. But this is something that I was looking at and I wanted to share. And then as I sat with another brother of mine and we're talking about what I was teaching about, he said, wow, look at the drop off. From 4 to 11 to 12 to 18, to 19 to 25, which is the smallest group. These kids need us to be there to continue teaching them truth so they'll maintain being part of the body. This is not a numbers thing. This is just what we see everywhere. That if we do not continue to invest in the lives of these little ones and bless them and love them, the likelihood of them still coming and being a part of the church kind of goes down a little bit, right? We have a lot of kiddos back there. A lot of you parents, including myself, have more than like three or four kids, so that's good. And it's amazing. And Miss Amanda, who's going to come up and talk for a few minutes about the needs and what we would ask of you if you are called, she does a fantastic job. I mean, really does. And so much so that as one of her brothers and as an elder, I have to make sure she doesn't overwork herself. Because she'll say yes to many things. So, Miss Amanda, go ahead. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I wanted to share with you guys, if I get my slide up there, is the mission um, that God has spoken to my heart about our eKids ministry. Because, yes, this is a ministry about kids, but this is also about their families and how we can get those families excited to minister with us and to their children. And so one of the things put in my heart uh, recently was this mission. So the mission of eKids is to support families in implementing tools and rhythms that create a biblical culture in all aspects of their lives, leading to a thriving community of families immersed in discipleship at church, at home, and in the world. And that's a really big mission. 
Like, let's be real. If we look at where we're at, where most of our families are at, where our kids are at, we are not here yet. We just don't have this down. Um, and it's a huge ask. But I know that God will provide the resources, the people, um, and the things that we need to accomplish this mission. But in order for that to happen, it has to be more than just words on a screen. It has to be something that fuels our hearts, that gets us excited. And what would our community look like if we were doing this? What would our families look like and act like? And how engaged would they be with the gospel? And how excited would our children be to share Jesus with their friends and with their loved ones? You know, in the Bible, I love the, the scripture that says, maybe you were born for such a time as this. Our children were born for this. Yes, there are a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now, and there's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of panic. But God put our children here, and he put us here for a reason. And if we can do this, it could make such a huge difference, not only for us, not only for our families, but for the world, for more people to know Jesus, for more people to understand him, and for our children to, you know, be able to share that with others. And that's the biggest thing, is how do we get more people into the kingdom of God? And so I think this mission is one piece of how our church builds into that. Um, next slide. So in Proverbs um, 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I think this is so interesting because we know that the statistics show us that most children, um, at least 7 out of 10, will leave the church in their teenage years. They will. But if you do a little follow-up with them, um, they've done studies that says those kids that leave the 7 out of 10, they will tell you they never actually felt a connection with God. Yes, they came to church. Their parents got them dressed, and they ate breakfast, and they came. But they didn't actually know Jesus. They will tell you they didn't have that real relationship with him. And so how do we change that? How do we make it so that all 10 of those children are still in the church after that 18-year-old mark? And how do we create those relationships with them? One of the biggest things is knowing and trusting the leaders in their ministry. Do they know people in the church? Are they connected? Do they understand who God really is? Do they have rhythms in their home to help them build their faith every day? And if we can create that for those children, it's so, so much more likely that they're going to know God and they're going to stay in the church and build the church and help spread the gospel. And that's what we're after. But the sad thing is we live in a society of outsourcing, right? If I want to teach my kid piano, I'm not going to go learn piano. Why would I do that? I can pay someone to do that. Most of us outsource education. We outsource, you know, my kid wants Spanish lessons. Okay, go ahead. And that's the culture that we live in. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great to use resources that we have. But that is not how God wants us to minister to our children, which is totally reversed for a lot of parents out there because we are very busy. Um, but God calls us to be the ones that minister to our children. And so for parents out there, I just want to let you know that I am not your child's pastor. You are your child's pastor. I want to equip you with everything that you need. Um, you know, we did those surveys a few months ago, and I'm so excited to be able to get you guys more resources at home and to be able to, you know, plug in Bible studies and devotionals and all those things. 
But at the end of the day, it really is the parent's responsibility to make sure that our kids are getting what they need and know Jesus. And in our home, it comes before anything else. It comes before homework. It comes before activities. It comes before anything else. And as a homeschooling mom, I tell myself this daily. I don't care if he knows the long division today. Does he know Jesus? Has he known Jesus this morning? And so I would hope that we can create a culture in our homes and in our church where that can be the most important thing for our families and for our children. And we can only do that together. We have to support each other. That's why God has us here at this church together. And so I'm so excited to see how God can move in these children and in our families to create something new and beautiful. Next slide. So what is it that we even do in eKids anyway, right? Um, because I know there's a lot of people that might have interest or might be confused about what, what we do, what it requires. And I always tell people, if you can use a glue stick and you love God, we want you in eKids, okay? Because that's what we need. We need those people. Um, legally, I have to have two people in every single room so that no kid is alone with an adult. And some weeks, that's really difficult. <laughs> um, so we would love it, love it if you could um, come help us. So we use a curriculum called the Gospel Project. So it is like telling the story of the Bible as if it's one big story, because it is. Um, and so every week we learn the next story and we relate every single week back to Jesus. So we have a lesson, we have a big question and answer. So there's a big question and answer to simplify these huge theological issues um, that kids can remember. And I send them home on fridge cards. So if you have kids, hopefully you've seen the fridge cards and you practice those and they get rewarded for that, which is great. Um, we also have memory verses every week. And we do play games back there to practice our memory verses and practice our questions and answers. And then we either read or watch a Bible story. And then we play games, which is super fun. Um, so we're working on our biblical skills. We're working on memorizing the books of the Bible. How do they find things in their Bible easily so that they are very literate with using that? Um, and then their knowledge of, you know, the maps of where these things happened and the timeline and all of that is so important. But we try to do it in a way that's fun and engaging for them and for the, the teachers. And yeah, we have a lot of fun activities. Right now, my husband's trying to get the kids to, you know, do push-ups and have fun back there because we're learning about Samson this week. Um, and so we're learning how to be strong for God and that even sinners can be used by God to save his people and to further his kingdom. And so we have a lot of fun. It is not overwhelming, I promise. I try not to make it overwhelming, and I'm here for everything that you guys could ever need um, being volunteers. Next slide. So Isaiah 54, 13 is one of my favorite verses. Um, All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine if we didn't trust anyone to teach our Lord, or to teach our children except the Lord. And if that was the main focus of our children's ministry and of our ministry at home, because that's where it really starts. And so as we create this ministry together, I would love your help. Um, This is not something I can do on my own, and I know God would not have it that way. So I'm asking for your support and your help um, because these kids need us more than ever. They need our love. Um, They are chased every day by things other than God, right? Um, All the things in the world will try to get their attention. So let's focus them on God together. And let's focus our homes and our church on supporting them 
um, because without them, our church will not be able to succeed. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Brian is going to start passing around, and maybe Eric, could you grab this one? Um, there are clipboards. So this shows our needs that we currently have in eKids. Um, we have a lot of openings. If you would be able to serve just one hour out of the month um, during the service, it would be such a blessing for these children. There have been weeks where we've had to close rooms or combine rooms, which is just not great because then the kids aren't really getting the content that they need and that they deserve. So if you feel it on your heart that you want to be part of this mission, you would like to help in the children's ministry, please write your name and phone number down, and I would love to connect with you this week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. Am I on? Test, test. Oh, yeah, right, I forgot. That's where the lightning strike happens, so I gotta be over here. Thank you, Miss Amanda, and thank you so much for listening today. I know that the subject matter is probably something you've heard about before and how important it is and all those kind of things, but we really do love what God's doing in this children's ministry. We are so blessed to be a part of this community here in Blanchester and ECC. God has called all of us to serve. If it's on your heart, please sign up for one of those, those particular vacancies, and we'll truly appreciate it. I was just going to say that, and they showed up. Wow. You guys are good. Yeah. So I want to pray real quick before we dismiss, and we're just going to thank God for everything that he's doing in those young ones' lives. I want to pray for them, that God will continue to use them and guide them, and whoever's called here. Father, you are so good. Thank you that we are your children. Thank you that you look at us and that you love us in the midst of all of the issues we deal with, in the midst of all the things that we struggle with personally. You guide us through them. You strengthen us. And you've called us out of darkness into light. We thank you, Lord, for those little ones ones that are back there that are being ministered to, that your Holy Spirit would be with them and their families. Please make yourself real and visible in their hearts and minds and in their lives. Guide them. And please, Lord, equip all of us as a community and as a ministry to be used by you to bless them and to speak only the things you have us to say. Watch over us today, Father God. Please bless those that are watching also online or listening. Thank you for being with us, Father God. You are so good. And may you receive all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.